0: Welcome to another episode of the Calgary Fitness Podcast. Uh, this one was a special one, as I just did a QA and a with some people off Instagram, uh, Facebook, asked for some questions, shot them up there. And I think that you're gonna get a lot of value out of this one here because, you know, it's, it's it needs to be super specific for you. I think one of the biggest things that we touched on was rest recovery volume as well during this episode. So, I, I know that there's a big appeal to perhaps do more, thinking that more, more movement is better for you. But a, a lot of studies have shown that you don't need as much volume as you think, and you don't need high intensity all the time. Um, it's great to push you out of that comfort zone. I completely agree. There's a place and time for it. But if you're noticing signs of overtrain and injury, then maybe it's time to look at the amount of volume that's in your program and then really, really restructure things or even schedule schedule in more active recovery days. I know it's not exciting, it's not sexy to do that stuff, but that is the stuff that's going to lead you to a longer life. Uh, you're going to be able to train well into your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, so please, please, please make sure that you prioritize that. Thank you so much for those of you that sent in the questions as well. Um, it's about a 45 minute episode, 30, 45 minute episode. So um, if you have more questions, like shoot them my way. I'd be happy to answer more questions for you as much as I could uh, to make sure that you're seeing results in your journey. Anyways, here's to the podcast uh, and make sure that you give it a five-star rating. Thanks so much. Welcome to another episode of the Calgary Fitness Podcast. I am Justin Slim. I am the host of this podcast and I wanted to provide some value to you specifically and do a Q&A session. So I put out the feelers on Instagram, got a few questions there, a couple on Facebook as well. So I just wanted to make sure that I was providing full value for you. So let's start it off here just right off the bat. Uh, it is Saturday afternoon, just after one o'clock. So uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. So the first question comes from Jessica. Uh, she was really interested in, <clears throat> she's a busy and exhausted mom, how do I get my workout in? Now, I mean, it completely depends on what your goals are. I mean, are you like fresh postpartum or have you had the kids? Are they teenagers? Are they, you know, leaving home? Are you an empty nester? It uh, it completely depends on what your goals are at this point. Um, but it sounds like from if you're a busy and exhausted mom, it probably sounds like, you know, maybe the kids are a little bit younger. You're trying to navigate the school life right now. So Um, let's, let's take it there and let's just imagine that maybe that's where you are right now in your fitness journey. So I think the biggest thing that I could say there is number one, you have to be super self-aware of what your goals are and, and what you're trying to achieve. So if you're finding that you're so tired and you just don't have the energy at the end of the night, you know, after you've done all the chores and everything like that, well, then maybe the evening isn't for you. So Um, what I would recommend is like, if the kids are in preschool or anything like that, maybe you can go during then, uh, to the gym. If you're not able to make it to the gym, then we have to think about at-home training. And it seems like a lot of people are doing the at-home training right now, obviously because of, uh, COVID, but, um, yeah, it was just, I mean, it's just, you have to incorporate this and just make sure that you are getting it in every every opportunity that you can and scheduling it in, scheduling, scheduling it in like a doctor's appointment, I think is just, it's so crucial. And, you know, I, again, I'm, I can never be a busy mom, but I am a busy dad. I'm, I'm trying to work, but the way that I find works for me is I go to the gym first thing in the morning, like we're talking, you know, five 30 in the morning, I'm going to say four days per week. And that's just something that works for me. I'm in bed by eight o'clock though just so that I can get to gym, the gym at the same time. So the first thing I would say is just use use what you have available in front of you. Like if you're working out from home, maybe you can use the kids as body weight if they're young enough, right? If they're not squirming around too much and and just really structuring your workout plan around that. I think that that would be really important. But also not overjudge yourself if you don't get a workout in. I mean chasing around kids is just it's tough. It's a lot of work and you know, trying to run up and down the stairs and everything like that. If you consider that part a workout right there and you just change that mindset as well to say, hey, like I am exercising today, that's just fine, right? If that's the workout that you're getting in, uh, then, I mean, so be it. That's going to have to be it. So it in like a doctor's appointment, not overjud- overjudging yourself if you don't get it in and then maybe incorporating the kid's uh to get that workout and I think that that's a really good question. So next one comes from Christy this question uh on Instagram how do you listen to your body and not overtrain but keep achieving your goals. Well, it sounds like it overtraining might be something that's going on with you and the first thing that I would say is look at the volume of your exercises. You know, what what the science has shown us and you know in the trenches um I mean, so much evidence comes out of this, uh, anecdotal evidence as well, um, that the magic number is you want to have anywhere from about 50 to 100 total reps per week per body part. All right, so if you are exceeding that, say, for example, let's take a squat and you were doing in a workout, let's just give an example here, four sets of 20. That's 80, 80 reps right there that you're doing just in squats. But then if you do squats again, on your next workout and then maybe a modified squat in the next workout like you're probably pushing 100 to 200 300 reps sometimes because of this so I, you know just really looking at your overall week right and and maybe writing down actually journaling what your program is if you know if you're not someone who follows a program then try to remember at the end of each workout, like say for example, you go to a studio or something and you're not sure what the workout template is. um, And then, you know, you leave, what I would say is just write down what that workout was and then do numbers for the week. See how many total reps that you're doing per body part per week. Now keep in mind, like you you need to know what your body parts are. For example, the deltoids split into three different um, portions. You've got your anterior deltoid, which is the front of the shoulder, The um, posterior deltoid, which is the back, and then your medial delt, which is the side part of your shoulder. So a lot of pressing exercises will target the deltoids like there, like like um, an overhead shoulder press or a chest press. But uh, the rear deltoids, they, I mean, those are good accessory movements. So if you're looking at a high row or maybe a band pull apart or even a reverse fly, those would be great exercises for the posterior deltoid but you don't want to be exceeding like 50 to 100 reps per body part per week. So keep that in mind when you're going through your program. I think that that's really really a misconception that more is better. More is not better. I mean, so many scientific studies have shown us that 50 to total 50 to 100 total reps per body part per week is a good place to be. If you're exceeding that, you could actually harm your recovery, which may sound like overtraining to you. Um, So just really dial that in. Know that you can make gains without exceeding volume. Um, So if you're finding that maybe your volume is too much, cutting back on that volume. So say, for example, you were working out five to six days per week. Let's just throw that out there as an example. Strength training five to six days per week. Well, what I'm seeing there is that there is an opportunity in those five to six days to, to actually overtrain. So pulling back, and then maybe doing three to four workouts per week. And then those two other days where you were already planning on going to the gym, go for a walk, do a yoga session, take a nap, have a massage. I mean, those are all great examples of active recovery that you can do in your journey. So hopefully that helps. Um, you know, And then recovery itself. I think that that is far overlooked, the recovery that you want to do in your fitness journey, like stretching, making sure that you've got your mobility down. I mean, I'm seated right now. Um, Make sure that you're not sitting too much, walking around as you go through your day. So hopefully that helps uh, keep going through there uh, when you're uh, going through your fitness journey. So Beth asks, how do I know how many calories to match the amount of exercising that I'm doing? That's a really good question. And I just want to preface this by saying I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a uh, dietitian. So I would never give you you know, the be all and all advice. Um, I have been doing this for fifteen years, so I've got a little bit of experience, but it's not, I don't think that the, it should supersede the advice of a nutrition or a dietitian. They are the experts, so please go with their advice first. But what I would say is that it completely depends on what your goals are. Um, and let's keep this really general. It completely depends on what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve in your fitness journey. So, what I would recommend is if you are hoping for some fat loss, is I would take your goal body weight and then I would multiply that by 12. Okay, so let's just pull out a calculator here for right, for me right now. Um, right now I'm about 180 pounds. But let's say, for example, just for argument's sake that I was trying to get down to 170. Well, I would multiply that number by 12 and then I get 2,040 calories, 2,040 calories that I want to consume on a daily basis. Now, that is a good number. I mean, you think about it. 2,000 calories is the normal North American diet. um, But that, for me, would put me in a caloric deficit, Um, especially for me because I'm very active. I'm working out five days per week most weeks. So 2,000 calories is a good place for me if I wanted to see some fat loss. Um, And then you obviously want to break that down into proteins, fats, and carbs. uh, But let's just talk about calories right now because we know that calories are – the only way to track whether or not you are losing or gaining weight. You want to be in a cal- caloric deficit or a caloric surplus. There's no other way to do it. It's just it's the law of therm- thermodynamics. You want to make sure that um, you are getting in the right number. So thinking that 1,200 calories will help you lose weight faster is not correct. You just want to be in a mild deficit, like really, really small. That way you can still enjoy the foods that you love And you're still seeing progress throughout the week. Now, I was telling this on a recent podcast as well. I saw on, um, I was listening to an ad going while I was driving around. And the big advertisement was lose 16 pounds in four weeks in one month. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell is it? Four pounds per week? Like that is way too much for safe uh, weight loss. So go in a, mo- a mild caloric deficit. So for me, it's about 2000 calories. Let's just say it was 2000 calories that I would see in a deficit. Um, and then I want to structure that by for me, I would say anywhere from about 35%, 30 to 35% protein, uh, and then split the rest up between your my carbs and my fat. So A 33, 33, 33, that's a good split to be at, to be honest with you. You can push the protein up a little bit more. Yeah, 35 to 40%. 40% is really pushing it though. Um, That's a lot of protein. But typically that works out to about 180 to 220 grams of protein per day for me. And I think that people sometimes often forget that the protein is like, that's the macronutrient that's going to make you feel fuller longer. So if you prioritize protein, especially first meal in the day, uh, you're going to see great results there, to be honest. Um, But that's not to say to neglect carbs. Like You need carbs. I think a lot of people forget that carbs will not make you fat. A lot of people think that carbohydrates are the enemy. I'm going to promise you right now, it is not the enemy. You need to get your carbohydrates in there. What are some good carbs to get in? Honestly, my favorite, sweet potato, white rice. Uh, Those are my top two for sure. Right now, it is the season for you know your root vegetables, so you're looking at squash, pumpkin. Uh, you can get that stuff in potato. White potato is just fantastic. Making some stews to make sure that you get that um, those carbohydrates in there. I think that that would be a good place to be. Anyways, let's go back to me a little bit with the calories. So, say for example, if I multiplied my goal body weight by twelve, that's a good place to be for weight loss. But if I wanted to maintain, uh, go into maintenance, then I'm looking at anywhere from thirteen to fourteen. So I would take my uh, maintenance, and I'd go 180 times let's go 13. Okay, so that gets me 2340 calories. Notice that's not much of a difference. That's 300 calories more to maintain my current body weight. Um, so that's a good place to be. And, and like, the, the, it's a sliding scale here. So be really mindful that these numbers are just numbers. So what I would recommend is try this for a week, two weeks, a month, and see what kind of progress you make. If you notice that the numbers can be a little bit smaller or, can be, or need to be a little bit higher, then that's what you need to do. But recording this data, it's just data, right? It's like if you had a chemist who's trying to mix, you know, create a new formula or a new potion and they didn't measure how much they were putting in, I think that they, how, how are you gonna see results or how are you gonna log this stuff? It's just scientific data. And I know that, you know, there, there are a lot of people who get stressed out about these numbers and they get, um, you know, really upset, but it it doesn't determine your value. Trust me. It's just, it's honestly, it's just numbers. It's just data. And it's easy for me to say that, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. You track your finances in your, in your, you know, your ledger. So why not track the food that goes into your body just for a little bit, right? Just to see where you are. And then you can build off of that, right? And then you can really grow. So hopefully that answers your question. Oh, I wanted to do um, if I was going for a weight gain or like a bulk over the winter or something like that. Well, then I would take my current body weight and then I would multiply that by about 14 or 15. So let's take 180. Let's go all the way up to 15. That gets me to 2,700 calories. So obviously you don't want to shoot the boat too high. You don't want to go like 3,000 calories per day, but You know, a good clean bulk at 2,700 calories would be a good place to be for myself. Uh, And then, you know, throughout the winter. And then I like to cut in the spring, summer, and then in the fall, probably about a maintenance calorie level. Winter, I like to bulk. Spring, summer, I like to cut. And then fall, uh, going through like a maintenance, and then the clean bulk throughout the winter. So hopefully that helps, Um, you know, tracking it for a little bit can be very helpful. So I would definitely, definitely recommend this. Okay, so Lillian sent this one in from Facebook. So let me just read this over. My SI joints have been a big issue for me over the years. Any floor work on the back, I can barely do it. I assume like lifting on the floor. Uh last week I tried to do some yoga stretching and I ended up having bad pain on the right side of my SI joints. So far, I can only do outdoor jogging because I have no equipment at home. Well, uh talking about food, not too much changes but less time to move around so I've gained so, so much weight. Uh, during this time, it is hard not judging myself as I am getting more chances to see myself in the mirror. Drink about two liters of water per day and the only thing I can drink. Um, P.S. I'm not a keto believer. Those are the information I can pick up right now. Thank you again. So yeah, I think um, if you are noticing pain um, through your SI joints, I think that you need to be modifying the exercises where you can, right? Because the SI joint, it is Basically, it's, it's in your low back area, connects the spine to the hips. So being really mindful about that, like squats, for example, may be really hard on your body. But what you could do during this time is you could still do some sort of movement pattern through the low body, some sort of squat pattern that stay, still may be able to um, you know keep you going. Now, when I hear you ask this question, you're saying that jogging, the only thing that you can do is um, you don't need to do cardio to lose weight, right? So keep that in mind while you're going through a fitness journey, you don't need to do cardio. Weightlifting has been proven to actually burn more calories than cardio ever will anyways. So what I would recommend there is maybe mixing in some unilateral work for the next little bit here, um, like reverse lunges. Keep those body weight for the first little bit. Maybe you're doing like a supported pistol squat. Um, that would be really, really good as well. As long as you focus on that range of motion, Um, or you could do like a single leg, um, single leg, sit down to a stand. So what I mean by that is like get a bench or a chair on the way down, focus on a single leg and then on the way up, put both feet on the ground and then stand up. Right. So oftentimes when I hear that, um, you know, your back is hurting, there are definitely ways that you can, um, modify. Again, I would seek out the help, the professional help. So maybe a chiropractor. Um, you could get some needling done, some acupuncture, some dry needling with a physiotherapist. Make sure you seek out the recovery first before you try to add back in the, um, the exercise as you're going through that. Uh, the yoga stretch, you said that you ended up having some bad pain on the right side. So yeah, maybe stretching wouldn't be the best place that you would do, uh, that you could go through this, but, um, definitely to seek out the help, get a physiotherapist routine that you can go through. Um, And I think that uh, that would be really good in terms of your food, not too much changes, but less time to move. And uh, I've gained so much weight. So yeah, yeah. I mean, during this COVID time, and a lot of people still aren't aren't ready to go back to the gym. And I get that. Um, So being really mindful about, are you still consuming the proper amount of calories throughout the day, right? I mean, if you're not exercising six days per week anymore, but maybe you're only getting in two workouts per week, well, then your caloric deficit is going to change a little bit, right? Because our, our basal metabolic rate is that's the, the the amount that your body needs to basically do its daily functions. Um, that's going to change, right? Because you are not adding that extra stress of those four extra workouts per week. So would highly, highly recommend you look at your meal plan and. Maybe you have to decrease those calories throughout the week uh, and go into a a little bit more of a deficit. If your goal is weight loss, if your goal is maintenance, then, I mean, don't worry too much about it, I guess, is the best thing that I can say. Um, And this is all dependent on your goals and what you're trying to achieve. So really good question there. Thank you so much for that one, Lillian. Hopefully that answered it for you. Uh, Tips on how to incorporate exercise back into the routine after taking a break. Now, that is from Mike. On Instagram? That's a really good question. You know, I just hosted an outdoor boot camp here in Calgary and we did it for a total of, geez, we went June to the end of September. So, what is that? 16 weeks. We ended up doing an outdoor boot camp because a lot of people aren't ready to go back to the gym and they're still trying to find some sort of routine, you know, something to get them back into a routine. So, what I would say is if you're not ready to go back to the gym just yet, is I mean, to keep it really simple. Find a YouTube video that you can do to get your body moving first and foremost. And I know that sounds like really hard to be like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to start. Well, that's just it. You just start. Um, And after you start, you're going to notice that these small victories end up snowballing into big wins. So all I would say there is just reassess what you're trying to accomplish I know that COVID-19 has been really stressful. Maybe your work is really, really stressful. So, I mean, it sounds really cliche, but just start small. Really start small, like 10 minutes. Can you do a 10-minute workout? I've got a couple on my Instagram page, Slim Fitness, where it's literally three rounds of 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. And you can get that done in like, I mean, there's three, four exercises there. So you can get that done as a bodyweight exercise in front of your house. I think that that would be really beneficial for you. Start with 10 minutes, then move to 11, and then eventually move that up to 15, 30 minutes. I mean, you're going to see big results because like it or not, you have to, in order to see results, complete these workouts, like two to three workouts per week to see the results. Now, that's not to say that you need to punish yourself at the gym because if you think about it, if you want to travel to the gym, get a workout done have a shower and then head home. Like sometimes that's a two hour process. If you just don't have the time, then let's get it done at home. Um, To be honest, it it doesn't need to be so stressful and so hard and so taxing on the body in order to see the results that you're going for. So I would just say, start really small, 10 minutes, boost it up to 15, even a walk around the block. I mean, the weather is, we're recording this in October. It's October 3rd right now. so get outdoors where you can and you know really trust the process and just know that it's not about being perfect it's about getting one percent better every single day um so keep that in mind just one percent every single day one percent more one percent better and i think that'll set you on the right track mike so hopefully that answered the question for you Uh, next one here this question came from james should you be eating carbs after a workout I love this question because we um, we have been seeing a lot of demonizing against carbohydrates. And uh, it is really, it, it makes me really, really upset when people just get so hard uh, on carbohydrates. And what I would say is that carbohydrates are not bad. Carbohydrates in excess of your calorie totals I mean, that's where you start to look at some different things, right? So uh, what I would say there is being really mind, I use this word so much, but mindful about how many carbs you're taking in per per day. And that goes back to tracking. So if you want about 33% of your carbohydrates, um, let's just use this as a template. But if you were to do 33% carbohydrates per day, so let's do some math here. Okay, so again, I'm 180 pounds. Um, and if I wanted 33% of my calories to come from carbohydrates, so let's say we were in the fat loss stage. So again, that would be 2,040 calories total. Okay. Now let's just divide that by four. So that is 510 grams of carbs if I were to just eat only carbs. Okay. Now, if I were to multiply that by 33%, times by 0.33. Okay, so that's about 168 grams of carbs per day. 168 grams per par, per, of carbs per day. So um, what I would say there is that's a good number to be and and like treat it as a range. I'm, there's no way I'm going to get 168.3 grams, but what I would say is anywhere from 150 to 175. That's a good range to be in and just being really really noticing of that. Now, how should you structure where the carbs come into the body? Well, keep in mind. Carbohydrates. I mean, that's the fuel. That's the sugar that that powers your your brain. It fuels your workouts, um, and it uh, replenishes your glycogen stores in your muscles. So I would say having a little bit of carbs post workout, and even pre workout, depending on the exercises that you're doing. So if you're doing like a an intensity workout and a high intensity interval training workout, then I would say a handful of fruit is good just before your workout, and then post exercise. Um, maybe getting in some of those starchier carbs like sweet potato, rice, rice cakes. Those are one of my favorite post-exercise snacks. Um, that and a protein shake, a little bit of protein, a little bit of carbs. I mean, you're going to see some, um, some great, great results there. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, I would recommend, depending on your goals, you want to you incorporate some carbs in. And I like to practice something called carb cycling. So the carb cycling has been really, really effective and it actually teaches my body how to utilize the carbs a little bit more. So what I do is on my rest days, on my non-gym days, I will do a lower carb practice. So anywhere from about a zero to 100 carbohydrates per day. And then on my workout days it go a little bit higher, anywhere from about 150 to 200 grams per day. because what ends up happening is, is that I'm, I can get the fats in on my days off. uh, And it's just, it's awesome. It's, it's, I've seen great results with that good anecdotal uh, results there. So I think that that is, um, yeah, that's a good place to be. If you have any more questions about that, then definitely um, send me those ones. So, uh, okay, let's see here. Next question. Let's take it from Tim. Should you have rest days between exercise days? Okay, this is going to be completely dependent on where you are on your fitness journey. Some people, I mean, they're freaks. They're genetic freaks where they can train seven days per week. And all the power to you. If you find that that's something you enjoy and you're not experiencing any pain, then by all means, do seven days per week. Um, but what I recommend if it's for the absolute beginner, then yes, I would I would definitely program in your rest days. So say, for example, you were working out three days per week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's a good place to be. You're getting a day's rest in between your exercises. If you're someone who's a little bit more advanced and you're going four to five days per week, well, what I would do is, and this is just my recommendation, is I would base your rest days based on the activity that you did on the day before. So say you had a big lift on the Monday, like your chest press, your bench, or your, uh, sorry, the bench press, deadlift, or a squat, right? And you're, you're taxed after the workout, you're a little bit tired, you're a little bit exhausted. Um, so what I would recommend there is uh, uh, maybe taking the next day as a big old rest day. And then uh, scheduling it in like two days later, you could probably get in a better workout. Um, you'd be well rested. I mean, the, the DOMS, the delayed onset muscle soreness may be gone by then, um, but that's a good place to, to, to think about it. Now, rest days, they actually really help with your human growth hormone. Um, So thinking that more exercise and less food is the route to go, I think that that is missing the point. So please be really cautious when when you've got the rest days. And I wouldn't say rest like to the point where you're just sitting on the couch doing nothing. I would highly recommend some sort of active recovery or release during your rest days. Going for a walk, a 30-minute walk is great for active recovery. Getting a massage done. Um, Really taking care of your body, I think that that's really important, and I think it's something that's often neglected because we see this hustle mentality on social media—it's go, go, go all the time—and that's definitely shifted in my training. I go hard during my workouts. Don't get me wrong; like I am a beast in the gym. The gym is mine. I dictate the floor. I am feeling strong. I kind of own the room. But uh, outside of that, like it's focusing on recovery. It's making sure that I'm getting the proper nutrition in. It's 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 a whole encompassing thing, so just just a heads up on that. Yes, please, work focus on your rest days, but keep moving your body during those rest days, right? Just light, and you would actually see, um, you would actually see some pretty, pretty great results if you just focused a little bit more on uh, recovery. So that'll be really, really good to incorporate the rest days okay next one's from Christy how do you keep experiencing gains without overworking or exhausting your body and this goes back to the volume that I was talking about earlier how do you keep experiencing gain it goes back to the number of uh, the amount of total volume that you're doing again 50 to 100 reps per body part per week is a good place to, to be to keep seeing gains um, especially with someone who you know really loves to, work into your 30s and 40s and 50s, then just know that more volume does not mean greater results. Keep that in mind. And I think, again, it's something that we've been sold that more is better. To be honest, the most work that's going to happen is in the kitchen. It's in the nutrition. It's it's making sure that that's in check. Um, and then, you know, we don't have to overthink our workouts too much. I mean, there are great exercises. You want to have a great program. Don't get me wrong there. But thinking that, More is better is just, it's dangerous. It's like you're racing against the clock all the time. You're constantly pumping your cortisol if you're just trying to go, 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 go. You know, I know that we all love exercise. We love moving the body. And that's why you're listening this far into the podcast is because you love exercising and you love moving that body. But, you know, if you're experiencing pain, especially in your 30s, where we shouldn't be experiencing the pain, um, I would highly recommend cutting down on the volume a little bit mixing up your training every now and again as well so instead of doing the same program every single week day in day out which a lot of people do actually they just go to the gym without a plan they go to their favorite influencer on instagram they're like oh, i'll try this one today i mean you're not going to see gains there you're not going to see gains if you're constantly confused about where your program is taking you so what i would recommend is like a uh, a micro cycle um, and then uh, you know programming that in like shifting your program every four to five weeks is much stronger than doing it every single week because we get shiny object syndrome. I get it. It's like, it's the real deal. You're like, Oh, but how about if I try this and now I want to do CrossFit and now I want to do, you know, this and so on and so forth. You will notice that a good coach will actually program the same exercises or variations of those exercises every week for the, for like the next four to six weeks. And that's to see if you can get any improvements over that site. Okay, sorry about that. We just had a little bit of a glitch in the recording. I guess it only does 30 minute segments on uh, the recording here in the app. And we were talking about programming and someone commented on my Instagram live while we were doing this. And I think that this is a really important thing to say um, is you can absolutely have a program while still going to a studio. Don't get me wrong, right? You will notice that those studio programs, they they actually, they have a goal in mind. And I think that that's really important to remember. Yes, it's so true. Um, you know, but if you are looking to like race in something, or you're looking to compete in something, then absolutely find a coach. Um, general fitness is great, um, especially if you're looking for like, you know, just better overall health. That's awesome. But there are goals in mind when you're when you're seeing um, a studio program as well. You'll notice that some of the exercises will start to recycle. And if you're like, "Oh, we just did this one," there's a reason why it's being programmed back in. So don't be angry if there's some of the exercises back in that program. I think that that's a really, really valuable point to put in there. So thank you for commenting on the Instagram video. I think that, that was that's very, very valuable to remember. Anyways, that that's going to conclude the podcast for today. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you give it a five-star rating because uh, we want to make sure that we're growing this podcast. I've got a couple of interviews coming up just in the near future here. Big things coming up for the podcast. But uh, it, it won't keep functioning unless we get those five-star ratings. So I'd love it if you go to Spotify, Apple Store, um, the Apple podcast and just give it a five-star rating. Give it a, a, a written rating as well, because I think that that helps grow and, you know, pushes it to the top of the podcasting lists. Um, it's just me at this point. It's just me recording off my computer. You know, we want to make sure that we're growing this. Anyways, have a fantastic day. Hopefully you got some value for it from it. Uh, love you so much. Have an awesome day.